Welcome back to the DBC Pulse Podcast. I'm Michael Salonick, the student pastor here at Denver Baptist Church. And I'm here with my wife. And I'm Meredith Salonick, and I'm a leader here at Pulse Student Ministry. And this is episode three, where we're talking about uh, boundaries, um, the balance of boundaries and independence in the teens' lives. Yeah, so we just know during, during these teen years that prefrontal cortex in their brain has not fully developed, which means that they don't have the ability to properly make decisions on their own yet. Um, like that cause and effect piece is not fully developed yet. And so students still need a lot of support through the teen years, but they also need to be slowly allowed to, to um, develop independence. And so we're kind of talking about that, the balance, how do we find the sweet spot between not being too overbearing to the point where they don't know how to make decisions for themselves, but also giving them healthy boundaries so that they can make those decisions. Um, you can help, help move them into those decision, decision-making. Yeah. So we're going to look at uh, Proverbs 12, verse one, and it reads, whoever loves discipline, loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. That's the words in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever loves discipline, loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. And so it's important for all people and even teenagers that we actually receive reproof, which is correction. Um, and so we have a lot of stupid people in the world. Um, so, <laughs> Don't let your kids be one of them. Yeah, so uh, that we need to uh, discipline them, love them, um, bring knowledge to them. We find knowledge in God's word. Uh, so I think this is very, very important uh, to the mm-hmm. life of a teenager. And we even know, like scripture says, the Lord loves those that he reproofs and corrects. Right, right. And so for to not do that for your student, like because we're made in God's image and because his character is written into our DNA, like we already know, like if you're not giving me correction, you don't love me. Like right. they, and students are not going to be like, mom, please discipline me. Dad, like, right. please give me That's more right. boundaries. But at the end of the day, that does equate love. Um, love is not this just emotional mushy gushy. I'm going to affirm everything about you and tolerance. It's right. actually like, I'm going to love you enough to do the hard thing right. um, and to help you because parents, like it's our job to see the end goal, which is to produce um, adults who are prepared, who are discerning, who are prepared to make decisions and prepared to walk on their own and to follow mm-hmm. Jesus on their own and to make Good. decisions. Yeah. And I think, you know, we as Paul student ministry, we desire to uh, partner, not parent, but I will say what we get to see in student ministry is it's fascinating. It's so fascinating. And I've already seen this right as uh, a parent of our children of little ones. Um, and so when we discipline them, like they still gravitate towards us. And mm-hmm. we even see it already in our five-year-old, four-year-old and two and a half-year-old that even when we discipline them, they know that we're loving them and that we care about them. Um, and so even as a teenager, right, they're not looking for it, or at least they're not saying they are, uh, but they do want to know their boundaries. They, they want to know what is okay for me to do or not to do. And it's funny, I got some amazing leaders uh, on our Pulse uh, volunteer team, student ministry team, and there's just a couple guys that I look to to really kind of help me do this, to help me, hey, I just really need you to help me discipline because it's hard for me to do it from the stage when I'm speaking or you know, other things like we don't want to police them. That's not a relationship we want. We want a good relationship with them, but they need to be corrected and have some guys who does a great job with it. And it's so funny that those are the leaders that I see teenage boys gravitate towards to mm-hmm. share something intimate or deep that they're dealing with emotions or whatever. They mm-hmm. feel safe to go to them. Yeah. Uh, it, it's always blown my mind and, uh, and it blows my leaders' minds too. And so we just got to remind ourselves as parents that, 
this it doesn't mean when there are teenagers that we back completely away from ever correcting them and not just saying, uh, you know, I heard a parent one time say just recently, actually that, well, my teenage son's about to be 16 and go wherever he wants. So I guess my job's done. I mean, what can I do? I remember when I was 16, I didn't listen to my parents. So there you go. And it's like, they're just giving up, right. Mm-hmm. That they're teenagers. And, um, and I don't think that can be the case or should be the case. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then you also don't want to have the scenario where the parents, you're parenting the same way to a 16-year-old that you did when they were five, where you're making all their decisions, you're packing their lunch, you're doing their laundry, you're managing their money. Like You don't want to do all the same things. Like You have to adjust your parenting to fit your teen and their needs. Their needs are way different now. Um, And they, like if you think about the four high school years, they have four years essentially to learn how to become an adult. Um, And I think you and I have talked about this before. Like what are... There are just things that we wish, like, man, I wish they'd have taught this in high school. I wish right. somebody would have oh, taught yeah. me about bank accounts and like just the basic things in life. And I think we see um, in the wisdom literature in, in Proverbs, it's a whole book of the Bible from a father to a son on wisdom. So it's like, he's not even saying like, you're in sin if you do this, but it's like, wisdom is a treasure. Wisdom is a, a precious um, it refers to it as like sweet as honey and it's like a precious stone. You should treasure it. You should keep it. Like you will be rewarded if you, if you hold on to this. Yeah. And so I think just being able to pass that on to your children, wisdom, right. discernment. Yeah. And we find that, you know, from God and his word. And, uh, and I think that, you know, I think there's just this fear as parents that we, uh, have this pressure like we've got to um get everything right or uh, i feel like you could you know swing to that point we're talking about the balance right you can be at that point where it's like they embarrass me if they go out in public and act stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> you know as a teenager because uh, it kind of reflects on me it's like well maybe but there is a sense where we start to let them make their own mistakes mm-hmm. but we as a parents are the ones that are going to say hey we're always here to love you but we also still want to point out some things where you did make your mistakes. And maybe let's just have a conversation about how that happened, how you got there uh, to help you out when you, there is going to be that time where parents aren't going to be around as much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think you're trying to help prepare them for that and prepare them, the parent, for the long haul. And and it's not easy. And um, I, think, I think we'll go ahead and just talk about this. Because I think there's three different... Um, categories or phases I think you have to be in as a parent to parent a teenager. And Paul David Tripp mentions this in his parenting book. Um, there are three types of relationships you can have with your teenager. Um, and he's talking about allowing opportunities for your child to make decisions and accept consequences as a tool for character development. So I think sometimes we allow them to make decisions and they have the consequence and our parent tries to take the brunt of that. But they need to feel the weight of some of the consequences and need to have consequences to things that they do. Um, and so that's why discipline's important. But the three types of relationships with your teenager, he says, is one preventative, like they're not able to make wise decisions right now. So why would we just let them go and do stupid things, right? Mm-hmm. In some sense, we need to use our wisdom to help prevent them from some of them that could harm them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or another relationship could be corrective, right? Like, you need to speak that hard truth into them and they're not going to like it. So they're not going to look to you as a friend, but they're going to look to you as a parent um, to correct them. And the third one is to be protective, to protect them. Uh, well, I already mentioned harm, uh, but protect them literally from harm, uh, any kind of danger uh, that they may be getting themselves into and not realize it. 
you know. Mm-hmm. And I can think like think back on our lives growing up. Um, I can think of things in each category that my parents did in different seasons of life. And looking at our students, like parents really do amaze me, parents of teenagers. It is not a cookie cutter, like all kids should do this at this age and all kids should do this at this age. It's like, you know, your child, you know where they are in their maturity, you know where they are in their emotional and mental and physical health. You know, you know, know all these categories more than anyone else. So don't look at the Joneses and make all the same decisions. And I think um, there's freedom in Christ. Like we're going to make mistakes, but pray and with your spouse, make those decisions. Um, and I can think back to my life of um, like my parents gave me freedom when it came to finances and choosing like, okay, you have this sport. Are you also going to have a job? And like, they kind of let me fall on my face a couple of times to figure out, okay, this is what I can handle, you know? And I think those are healthy because I was not going to get hurt. But you know, when I was a freshman, I remember when a junior or senior like was kind of pursuing me and I wanted to go out on a date so bad, but they took the role of protective and preventative and did not allow it. And I was mad and I was angry and that really hurt our relationship for a while. But I look back now and I'm like, mom, thank you. Cause I know that that was really hard for you. We were really close. I was really mad at you, but you loved me enough to override my will, knowing what was best and knowing that that protected me from a lot. Right. Probably. Yeah. I think also it's really powerful if I even think um, some of my own experiences, but also hear from students too, is they know when they mess up that it's powerful, so powerful to them. And it's been for me, knowing my parents are still going to always be there. And that's Mm -hmm. voiced, like that's verbal communication that I love you, so care about you, but there's still a consequence, Right. right? There's still a punishment or a discipline for that. But I'm here for you. Uh, and we're going to acknowledge together that you made a mistake and there's punishment for it. There's a consequence for it, but I love you and I'm here for you to walk through with it, whatever it is. Sometimes there's consequences that it's not up to the parents to, to give, but it's just consequences of sin. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that the parents are going to walk through with you, whatever that is, um, is powerful too. to know that they're not alone in it, that you're still with them. Even as a teenager, mm-hmm. they need to hear and know that, that you're with them. And for them. And I think that's where the relationship comes in. I feel like the relationship that you have with your kid is going to make or break what this season is going to look like. I mean, I think um, if you have done the hard work when they're young to have open communication, um, for them to know that you love them unconditionally, for you to already for it to not be weird to talk about spiritual things, or if you've already had the conversations of things that they're going to be confronted with in these teen years, you have set yourself up so well because that relationship means everything. Um, So I think someone, if I just walk into a room and start telling a bunch of kids what to do, that's not going to be received well because we have no relationship. But if you're close with your child, like they're, they care about what you think and they care about, um, they trust you. They trust your discernment. They've been able to see you live your life in a way that they want to follow you. They want to emulate you. And so I think the more you can work on that relationship, the better. Right. And, um, I'm a reference Paul David Tripp again, uh, in, in his book, he talks about how teenagers, they just don't have a hunger for wisdom and correction. Right. We mentioned that they're just not going to naturally have that hunger for that. Um, they have this kind of tendency toward legalism, right? To modify their behavior, uh, to figure out what's going to please you, but still get what I want, you know? Uh, so you got to watch for that. Um, but also they're just going to be unwise in choosing companions, friends. So they're just, 
is proven that they just may not make the right decisions to be around the right people. Uh, now, this doesn't mean as Christians we love all people. So this doesn't mean that you can't be friends. Um, you got to be very picky <laughs> in who you're friends with, but you got to be careful, right? And there's got to be some kind of uh, caution that goes with um, running with or being friends with a certain group of people who may not be getting this kind of discipleship at home that your kid's getting. Um, they could really sway them in some heavy temptation things. But but also training and teaching your child how to still love them, still be friends with them, but still being careful not to just go with the flow, right, mm-hmm. uh, with their friends. Um, we also see in teenagers, they're, they're very susceptible to sexual temptation. I mean, we know um, we're not going to talk about technology on this podcast, but we know we're going to talk about that one here soon. Um, but technology is on their phones and uh, TV and all sorts of social media platforms. We just know it's there's so much temptation right at the tips of their fingers. Um, and so we know they're going to have that strong temptation with that. Um, they're not going to have a right view, a perspective of the church. And, and how they view that as well. And, and so we as parents got to also instill in them how to rightfully uh, see themselves in their roles with, with church. Yeah. Um, and I think when we're, it's a, you, you put yourself in a really dangerous spot as a parent when you let your child dictate your whole family schedule, your family finances, mm-hmm. when everything in your family revolves around what your child wants, that's not good for your child or your family. And it's not bringing glory to God. Of course, you want to do what's best for your child. You want to um, let them do things. I'm not saying that. But we just see way too often homes that are so children-centered that it's destructive for that child. Um, And I think, you know, another example I'm just thinking about back in my childhood, but I played AAU basketball, and that's on Sunday mornings. And um, my parents and I never even had a conversation about it. So sometimes I look back and I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. But like, I just knew, like I told my coach um, the first tournament, I'll be here Friday and Saturday, but I won't be here for the tournament on Sunday. And he was not happy about that because Sunday is like, wow, we made it all the way to Sunday. Like, that's the day you get your trophy. And I was like, well, I'll be at church. And in my mind, like, it's not an option that we're not going to be at church on Sunday. So this isn't like throwing heat at people who, if you miss church on Sunday or whatever for something, but I'm just saying like, my parents did something right in that where I just never even had this idea that I was going to be the center. Like my whole family would miss church for me to play in a basketball game. You know what I mean? Um, And I think just how do you do that? Well, we held, we held the Lord and scripture in the church, like way up here, you know, there was nothing else that even compared to that. Um, And so I think as we think about boundaries for our kids, um, keeping that in mind, like how are we following that commandment to put God first and to seek him with all our heart and our soul and all of our strength? Yeah, that's really good. Um, I think some things to think about is, you know, teens, they uh, believe that they are being sheltered from the good life, right? Um, Anytime you parent come down on them, maybe correct them or tell them they they can't do something, um, they automatically are thinking, you're trying to ruin my life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You're... Uh, being all a of my donor. friends have phones. All my friends have Instagram. I'm the only one. Right. Yeah. They're going to yeah. throw all that stuff at you and you got to be strong and, and be united uh, with your spouse, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to as a team to know, how, okay, where are we going to stand and how are we going to help our kid? Um, are we going to be preventative in this situation, protective in the situation? Uh, how are we going to be corrective in this situation, right? How are we going to have all three of these things together and love them well where they are at 
again, every kid's not the same, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I would also say there's very few humans who can handle a phone really well. Right, not, <laughs> not just, just teenagers, teenagers yeah. Right? Um, so it, it is a challenge, and so you got to – I was watching um, uh, Family Feud, and it was just funny that, that – uh, <laughs> The dad, uh, there was a, a teenage son on there, and I can't remember how it happened, but Steve Harvey made a comment about him having a phone. He was like, I don't have one. And he was like, wow. You know, he's like, well, I got it taken. Um, and he said, his dad said, yeah, you got to take it for a little while. And he commented and said, two years. You know, <laughs> so he had his phone taken from him for two years. So apparently he couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. And he admitted to it on there. He says, yeah, I wasn't able to handle it. Uh, so sometimes we have to um, make those hard decisions. Um, knowing that they're going to think you're trying to ruin their life, but you got to know, actually they'll see one day. Right. Yeah. And they're going to know that I actually care for you. And I'm here to help well, <laughs> and on this, you and bring knowledge to your life. Right. On this topic, I mentioned this at the, our parent night, but it, I've, it's shocking. Like how many times I've heard this from girls who are grown women now or who were young women at the time um, who said like, I left my house one time dressed a certain way and kind of described the outfit and saying like, I knew it was immodest. I knew like I shouldn't wear this, but I just, my dad had stepped so far back in my life. I wanted to see if he would do anything and he didn't. And it broke my heart that he didn't care enough to like protect me from that. And so I think too, knowing like you said, like kids do it, teenagers do it push the limits to see like, where is the boundary? Because you're the parent, you're going to tell me what the boundary is. And if we just let them make the boundary, like that doesn't make them feel safe or secure or, and, and it doesn't communicate love. And we know sin's always going to want more and more and more. Right. So they're going to keep pushing and keep going. They'll never be satisfied in that. They're going to keep going. Mm-hmm. So there is a comfort to know there is that boundary and we're, it's the same way in scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, we have comfort in God. He made a boundary for us gave us the 10 commandments and he gives us a lot of he gives us the whole bible and so i think one of the things to do and we've learned this in student ministry is not always just telling kids that you you can't do this but there is a sense where you know the classic thing like why oh, can't i and the parent just says because i said so <laughs> right uh sometimes that, that may what you have to do in the moment is fine but it's good to explain why to sit and talk about it and 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 really when you're saying hey, you can't do this, uh, and you, they think you're ruining their life. It's like, no, we need to look at God's way. We need to look at what God has called us to. Because what you're you know. doing when you do that is that you're helping them grow eyes of discernment. Right. Like if you say, well, you just can't hang out with this friend group, they're going to be like, what? They're my friends. Like you just hate my friends. Da, 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 da. Right. If you say, listen, honey, like as the dad, I'm the shepherd of our home. And I will go to bat. I will fight off lions and I will fight off bears to protect you because I love you. And what I see is a wolf and I'm concerned for you. Like have that conversation, help them see, okay, well, what is it that, because then I think they can say, well, what is it that dad sees? Like I trust him. What is it that he sees? You know? Um, And I think having more of those conversations, you're preparing them to be able to think on their own. Like, oh, maybe I need to be looking out for that in the future. Right. And you know, maybe as parents, you don't know the situation in other homes that your kids go and hang out in and how those parents think through things. And uh, so, well, a good way to prove to your child maybe that you don't hate their friends is make your home hospitable and yes. say, hey, your yeah. friends are welcome here anytime. And I think that kind of proves to your, your teenager that, oh, they don't hate my friends, you know, uh, that they're welcome. And 
go above and beyond to, to be a hospitable home that they would actually want to come to and hang out and have a good time that you can still monitor and be around and get to know their friends too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's good. So we've talked a lot about how to have discipline and, and you also mentioned about like learning to love discipline. So it's one thing to like give your child discipline, but it's another thing to help them actually love it and treasure it. Um, and I just think about sports to me does such a good job of this. Um, we talked about, let's see, going from drudgery to discipline to delight. delight. This is an yep. FCA thing. I'm yep. ripping off of FCA. Um, so let's say for me, like bowling, for example, it was kind of a drudgery for me for a while. I mean, it's fun, but like, I'm not good at it. So I don't enjoy <laughs> it because I'm not good at it. <laughs> so I think um, if I keep practicing and you show me the correct way to bowl, <laughs> like I have to practice and I have to work and make it a discipline, like be intentional about that. And then as I get better at it, it becomes a delight. And I think helping our kids get to that point of delight, like their needs, like following Christ is joyful and it's exciting and it's um, fulfilling. And so if, but if we are only like rules, 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 like, because I said so, like that's not gonna make them love discipline. But I think helping them see like, here are the benefits of this, like the scripture is sweet as honey. Let them taste the honey. You know what I mean? Like, um, not to always dread getting in the word, you know, uh, to not have family time is important around the word, mm -hmm. um, to teach them, to show them also to model it. Like you can't, you can't give anything to your kids that you're not taking in yourself. We've talked about that last episode, but we want to mention hypocrisy is like, and they'll see right through. Yes. I mean, teenagers I think are the best (laughs) picking up when somebody is, is, not real, right? Yes. Um, and so they, they know, you, you could try to put on the show, but they know Gen Z studies, they say, yes, they, it's one thing they cannot stand about their parents' generation is that they're not straightforward. As a matter of fact, they like uh, the generation, their, their grandparent generation, uh, because they'll just shoot them straight. <laughs> they'll tell it like it is, right? Yeah. And they admire that, they respect that. And so use that, like that's what research says, that they actually are hungry for this. They're hungry for uh, you to, to shoot them straight, you know, mm-hmm. and do it in a loving manner. But and they want to know the truth. Right. They want to know the truth. They want to know so what's real. Help them seek the truth um, in God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and also they don't, they don't know their blind spots, right? Um, or they wouldn't be blind spots. Um, same for all of us, right? And so uh, teens tend to be blind to their own blindness. And so as parents, we need to help our teens see what God wants them to see. Like open their eyes through God's word to know about their sin nature, to know about the world, uh, to know about, like you said, the joy in following Christ, Mm -hmm. our actual purpose as a Christian, what we are called to do, right? The great commission to go and make disciples, tell others about Jesus, uh, to serve um, and to love others, love God and uh, all that many things. We can go on forever about that, right? Mm -hmm. And so teaching and training them how, what that looks like as a Christian could actually bring more joy to their life and purpose to their life rather than them trying to figure out to go with the world and try to find purpose there. Mm-hmm. So. so, and I think one of the biggest things that parents can do for their children is to strengthen their marriage. Um, so don't wait until your kids are already in the teen years. I mean, if your kids are already there, it's not too late, but as early as possible, work on your marriage, work on being cohesive as a husband and wife for your kids to know, like, if I, like for me growing up, I would have gotten in so much trouble if my mom had said no and I went and asked my dad, that was like the biggest no, no, you don't do that. <laughs> like, right. absolutely not. Um, 
to know that mom and dad are on the same page, mom and dad are on the same team, and it's not parents versus kids, it's parents for kids. Like we are for you, but we are together, we're united, and what what your dad says goes, like that, yeah. And if you think it's unfair, um, we can discuss it all day, we can talk about it, but at the end of the day, like what dad says, like that's how it goes. And so you and I, like we could go to our room and have a private conversation. If I disagree with you or whatever, we can come to a conclusion, but your kids need to see that mom and dad, like they know what they're doing. Mm. Even if you don't know what you're doing, like we're doing this together. We're praying through this together. We're talking to our pastors if we're struggling with this, but mom and dad are doing this. Like dad is not the only one. Mom's not the only one. We're doing this together. So that and hypocrisy, I feel like those are the two biggest things that, um, I think make a huge impact in this right. season of life with this topic we're talking about. And if you're sitting, listening to this or watching this and as parents and you're thinking, yeah, all this sounds great. We're just struggling at home. I've kind of lost my voice with my teenager. I've, that I've lost their respect. It's just not going well, right? Well, there's hope because God will provide. He provides all that we need to be parents. And I think, one of the best things to do, I've seen this in teenagers, I've seen this in student ministry, is actually owning up to your own sin to them is powerful. Mm-hmm. I think stop trying to act like you got it all together. Just go and admit what you just said. Just said, look, I know things are not well right now. I know I've made mistakes. I know I've yelled at you. I know I've lashed out at you. I know I've, I've made mistakes. But let's seek the Lord together. Admit your own faults in front of them. And ask for repentance. Um, I mean, ask for forgiveness and repent. Lead in repentance to them. And I think that's powerful. And you do it together as a family. And look and see the power and beauty of the gospel. As it may reconcile you two together, um, remind yourselves of how you've been reconciled back to God through the forgiveness of your sins, through Jesus dying on the cross, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I think that's powerful. Have those gospel moments in the home while you talk about these boundaries and... um, these independence moments, because we do need them to learn on their own, learn consequences, learn um, their mis- about, from their mistakes. But we still need to be right there with them and not right. just letting them go. Right. And I think another thing, just don't assume that something's a given, like a driver's license. Don't assume because you're 16, this, 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 this. Like, or I even think, 18. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think this is a conversation that needs to happen between teenagers and parents is like, Hey, this is a privilege. And before I give you this privilege, like I need to, I need to trust you in this area. Right. I need, because for your good, I need to see that you're mature enough to handle this. Um, I I think, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you got any other closing comments for this episode to wrap us up? I don't think so. Um, I think, I think it'd be good to pray for parents because this is, this is really hard. This is difficult, especially if you're already in the midst of it and some things are coming as a shock and a surprise and you feel like you need to back up a little bit. Maybe it can be yeah. hard, but don't underestimate the power of prayer. Yeah. So we can yeah. even pray now. Yeah, we can, we can pray now to, uh, to close this out. So I'm going to um, pray for us. Um, there's a lot we could discuss on this topic. Uh, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, obviously, if you... Um, uh, need help with this want to talk more about this a lot of resources we can get out to you guys um so we're going to close down episode three um but i want to remind you guys to subscribe to our youtube channel you can find us on itunes um you can find us on your your podcast catchers 
And um, but I'm going to close this in prayer and we'll close the episode this way. Okay. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, just come before you um, and we just ask for help. Um, God, we just ask for wisdom, ask for discernment. Um, God, we, we hear Proverbs 12, whoever loves discipline, loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. God, we, God, we want uh, to walk in wisdom. We want to walk with you. We want to walk your way, not our way. We want to lean on not our understanding, but yours, as you say in Proverbs 3, and you will make our path straight. God, I just pray for parents right now uh, who may be struggling um, at home. I pray that you would unite them together, would you strengthen their marriage, God, would they run to the good news of the gospel, would they run to that where there's hope, where there's love, where there's grace, where there's mercy in your son, Jesus Christ, because you came, you lived the perfect life to be the perfect sacrifice on the cross for our sins. You rose on the third day, victorious over Satan, sin, and death. There is victory. And you invite us in to just trust you, to repent of sin and trust in you, God. And, and we will be indwelled with the Holy Spirit. You'll never forsake us. We'll have the power now to say no to our sin, uh, to fight back against temptations, God, and to continue to recover from sin and pursue your perfect design you've had for our life. Um, and so, God, I just pray that we would just be humble enough to admit our sin and, and repent and turn from it. God, I pray that you would strengthen the home and families. We pray for um, teenagers right now. God, I pray for them. I pray that they would fight against temptation. I pray they would not try to be like the world. They would try to be different, set apart. God, that they would seek uh, to be a light in this dark world. God, that they would seek now as a teenager to live for you. So God, we just pray uh, for for homes um, all over, Lord, uh, to be strengthened with the gospel, that they would spend time in the word. God, that they would see fruit from it. God, that there would be hope that comes from this. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.